This podcast is listener-supported. To help us out, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash RedBullRant. This is the Red Bull Rant Podcast. If you aren't expecting adult language, why even bother listening? Welcome, my friends, to the show that never ends. This is the Red Bull Ram Podcast, the official Red Bull Podcast of SB Nation and Once a Metro. I'm your host, Jason Ipico. I'm Pat McDonald. I'm Truman, and this is episode 178, Ref Illusion. Yeah. Does anybody want to hear me listen or start talking about the referee? Uh, it's going to happen. I think, I think we got a phone call first, and then maybe we can listen We to do. We're just going to get right into this, because everybody knows what's happened by now. So, right before we head into our dislikes, we have this voicemail, which was left, coincidentally, the very night of the game. Hi, I saw you tweet that there was suspected refereeing. Um, there was no refereeing. I have no suspicion of that. Uh, that was a lot of things to paraphrase Hans Baca, uh, but it was not professional refereeing. There used to be a professional referee named uh, Mark Iger. Uh, but he does not exist anymore. It's a shame. Uh, and it's a shame what he did to tonight's game. So, yeah. Jay, why don't you open with your dislike? Uh, mine's to get the red card. Um, because here's the thing. Am I pissed off about the goal? Yes. But technically, that was not against the laws of the game. So I can't really be... Con- I really can't get pissed off at Geiger for it. Um, I can be upset because... Actually, this is my... I'll, you know, I'll come back to that because I have a rant against Pro that I have to get off my chest. But anyway, the red card should not be a red card at all. Um, when we talked to... Uh, God damn, I can't remember his name off the top of my head now. Uh, Jake last week. I can't remember his last name for some reason. Jake Antonese! Thank you. I, I don't know why I blanked his name. Anyway. Come on, man! When we talked to Jake last week, he, he made, when we were talking about refereeing, he made a point of saying that the referees were going to be calling studs up challenges more this year, even if they didn't make any sense, and that's pretty much what happened here. Because Felipe got the ball, and the challenge from, I forget who got the brunt of his foot, but the challenge from the Revolution player caused uh, Felipe's foot to go over the ball and onto an ankle. That should not have been a card in any league in the world. But MLS overreacts, of course, so that's got to be a red card. And I partly blame Geiger for doing it. I partly blame Pro and MLS for giving him the direction to do so to begin with. And that's why I'm pissed at that. And, if, and I don't think that the Red Bulls have challenged that red card, which means Felipe will be gone for this Saturday's match. Who's next? Should I go, Pat? You want to go? Because I think I'm going to... I'll save my Pro rant for after you guys are done. Yeah, I'll, I'll just say a quick comment, uh, and then you can go. Uh, quick comment being, uh, well, hey, everybody who wanted to see Sean Davis, according to Eric Giacometti, You'll see him this uh, this uh, Saturday uh, Saturday night. True, true. Um, I mean, there's there's two big glaring dislikes of this game, and it's it's not um, the revs not putting the ball out of play. That is not the big dislike, but the red card is ridiculous, completely ridiculous. And the worst part is, as that game was playing, you could you could sense it coming. You can sense someone was getting carded for something ridiculous because it was just getting completely out of hand, tempers were flaring, I thought we were going to see another red card at some point on somebody on either team because it, it was just getting out of control. Um, since Jay used that, I will say my the other dislike, the other big one, is you always play until the whistle's blown. Mm-hmm. Always. Always, always, always. I believe we talked with, with Matt Doyle about this just a couple weeks ago. It doesn't matter what happens on the field. Uh, a guy's head could explode, but if the ref doesn't blow the whistle, you keep playing. You don't put your arm up to try to trick the guy that he's offside, and you don't just kind of slow down after one of your players hurts, and you're assuming that this guy's going to be called whistle. They're going to put it out of play. You play until the whistle. The end. You do that. Maybe they don't score, and maybe you go home with a scoreless tie. You know, that, plain and simple. Blah. 
you know, my big dislike is actually not going to be anything to do with the ref, who I'm not, um, you know, letting off the hook. It was a poorly refereed game. Um, probably should have blown the whistle on uh, Lawrence's injury. Uh, definitely not a red. Should have been a yellow for uh, Felipe. My big dislike is, guess what? This should not have been a loss. And it has nothing to do with the refs. The Red Bulls had their chances, and they put their shots right at Bobby Shuttleworth. Yep. Uh, that is my big dislike, and it's now getting to worry time. That they, especially with BWP, who admittedly has started slow in the past, um, but he's the unfortunate thing is he's a year older now, and you know it, it's you can't get the ball with they can't have the opportunities they've had in this game and not put the ball in the back of the net. Uh, that is, it's like I said, it's getting worry time. I mean, at our season finale last year, I did say that, you know, who would you replace? And I said BWP, and it had everything to do with age. And, you know, I know we've seen big DPs from Europe come over and still play well into their, well into their mid-30s. BWP was not that guy. Uh, you know, I, again, I don't think it's necessarily time to panic. Uh, I still have hope he will come around, but uh, you know when he gets his chances, he's got to put the ball in the back of the net. Because if, if he had done his job, uh, this team would have won the game two one. Uh, so that that is my big dislike. Uh, poor, poorly officiated match, but again, it was a winnable match, and really in the end, the Rebels have no one but themselves to blame for the loss. He needs help up there. Mm. He really needs he really needs help. Uh, and unfortunately, it only came in one game so far in four games. Mm-hmm. Has anyone uh, chipped in on scoring? But up top, it's just been desolate. It's been a desolate world for him up top. And it's, I'm sure the injury to Verone is a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. All right, so now let me get back to my rant on Pro, the professional referees organization. <laughs> that it was absolutely not professional in trying to explain away the situation with Kamar Lawrence. So I am going to read exactly what this what the website says. Um, just for the start for their start of the thing. Um, in the first play from the New England Revolution versus New York Red Bulls, you will see that when the play first starts, everything is normal. And when Revs Scott Caldwell first receives the ball, he had his back to injured Red Bulls player Kamar Lawrence is on the ground in a second to last defender. Caldwell cannot see Lawrence, turns and plays the ball forward to teammate Juan Agadello who, like any player, is only focused on continuing to attack his opposition goal. He then crosses the ball to Diego Fagundes, who scores the only goal of the game, like any striker. Fagundes was, will only be concerned with placing the ball into goal and anything surrounding that he will not be aware of or interested in. That's a fucking load of horse crap. <laughs> How can you as pro tell me exactly what the players are thinking? They know all, they see all. And you cannot tell me that Scott Caldwell did not see Kamar Lawrence on the ground because Juan Agadella would have been technically in an offside position if Kamar Lawrence was not in that position. Right. There, he had to have seen that Agadella was there. Why else would he have fucking put that ball to Agadella in the first place? Right. No, you're right. Absolutely. And uh, listen, I'm not complaining about Geiger not stopping the play because technically, that even though I am upset by the Revs not putting the ball out, which I thought they should have done, it is not Geiger's call to stop that play. But for Pro to come in and try to justify Mark Geiger by explaining it away as, oh, the players are only focused on doing their job, well, part of the fucking job is to take advantage of a situation, which they did. Yes. So do not tell me that because, you know, that because they, quote, can't see what's going on, that everything's okay. No, they absolutely can fucking see what's going on because or else they wouldn't have done what they did. So I don't know who the hell writes that shit at Pro, but they need to, I, I don't know. They they played until the wrestle, didn't they? They did, but and and honestly, the Red Bull defenders could have done better. Two of them ran into each other and, and took themselves out of stopping the possible goal. But and this kind of actually pisses me off worse than the red card, because at least Geiger doesn't have the benefit of replay. Mm-hmm. The pro, the, whoever wrote this article had to have watched the tape, and in all likelihood had more video angles than we did on TV. Right. You can't tell me that Caldwell didn't know what was going on. You can't tell me that Fagundes and Agudelo didn't see Kamar Lawrence on the ground. Mm-hmm. Like, did they did they take advantage of a situation where they were allowed to? Yes. You know, credit to them. They did what they had to do. But don't fucking tell me that they were just focused on, on getting a job done when it was clear that they used the injury to get the job done in the first place. Yep. It's just passion, it's patronizing as all hell and makes Pro look like a Mickey Mouse organization in the process. 
Truth. Truth. Preach it. <laughs> all right. Let's. You know, and, you know, it's not like we want to bash the refs all the I time, do, but really they, yeah, they're asking for it. I think Jay wants to. <laughs> no, I no honestly, I really don't. <laughs> you know what? Here's the thing: calls are bad, and honest. And I know we'll, we we will all get upset from time to time with calls, but as long as we knew what to expect, then we wouldn't be too upset about it. Like if we all knew coming into the season, hey, they're gonna crack down on studs up, and anything that looks like it's going to be studs up, even if it's incidental, like the Felipe goal or Felipe red card, is going to be called in some fashion. That was. Not that they have to make that stuff like public, but it wasn't even like acknowledged at all that hey, this might be something that to keep an eye on fans, so don't get upset at us when it happens. Right. <clears throat> right. And it's clearly something new. Like in, I, I guarantee you, in like ninety nine percent of the leagues in the world, if that play happens, at most it's a yellow. If not, and probably most likely just a basic foul. If that, that is almost everywhere on earth, not a red card because one he he. Won the ball first, which I know is not, by definition, a way out of a foul. But it was incidental contact because he was on the opposite side of the ball and his foot rolled over due to what else was going on in the play. And in the snap decision, of the referee gives that fine, whatever, that's going to happen. But a red card is absolutely wrong, and it just pisses me the fuck off because I guarantee you at some point this season we're going to see a similar play happen, whether it's to the Red Bulls or somebody else, and it's not even going to be a foul and the worst part is, it just it's not consistent refereeing across the league. And you're thinking every year we'd get it better and better, but it clearly, clearly not. Nope. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, this this is going to sound a little sidetracky, but it, I, I'm coming back to a main point here. Um, I I am a computer scientist by school. Like that that's what I went to my school for. There's this thing called CMMI, which the whole point of it is to help make your processes better. Like you know, if you're going to write software do things in a consistent fashion. And for most organizations, they pay lip service to it. And I feel like that's what Pro is at this point, is lip service to refereeing by USSF and MLS. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Justifying their actions, that's all it is. And I and side note, how does Brian Dunneth, a former player on MLS soccer, call that a, a justifiable red card? Don't know, man. Uh, at yeah. least when Simon Borg did it, he had eye energy and he just made you laugh at some points. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see if we can find something positive to take out of this game. Um, Pat, since I took your spot, usual, your usual spot, you can go first on this one. What did you like about this game? Um, I liked that I got to watch the game with about 10 other fans at uh, Derby Road Pub. Uh, that's really the only thing to take away. Um, you know, we had a decent little crowd there, um, which was pretty cool. Uh, I hope that's something that continues with, um, you know, uh, fans coming on. I mean, Keith Woodfin is probably the guy I see regularly there. And I know there are a few that can make it this week, so, oh, excuse me, I know the group will be larger in the future, um, but th- that was the most fun I think, fun aspect. The only real like I can uh, take away from this match is that uh, it, the camaraderie of watching with other fans in uh, for uh, at Derby Road. I'll say this about the game, as as just absolutely brutal as it was, and injury aside, one goal aside, the defense not terrible. True, not terrible. True. It could have been a lot worse, and we've we've already seen a lot worse this season. So with a yet again patched together defense, uh, the only goal they gave up was very controversial on both sides. Uh, aside from that, they they. They played tough. They kept him out of the net. The whole, aside from that lone crazy goal, so that's something to be happy about. Uh, we'll see who plays back there. Who even knows? I don't even know at this point. I mean, Roy Miller may play this weekend, guys. It <laughs> might happen. He might show up. He's coming back. He might be in. Pecky might be in. I don't even know what's going to happen at this point. Yeah. Uh, so take take that for what it was. Uh, defense uh, not too shabby. Ramsey's Sandoval. I don't know where you went to school to learn English, but thank you for providing countless hours of entertainment. <laughs> Agudelo is not Agudelo, or some, some however Spanishized version you tried to announce it. I can't remember how he said it, but every time he said Agudelo's name, I'm like, that's not how you say that, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> or when you say Rio de Janeiro and like put the accent in the wrong spot of de Janeiro, like, I understand that you are working for 
uh, Unimash Univision, whatever stupid company it is. Unimash! But you do know how to speak English because you do it for most of your broadcast. I don't know why you think you have to span- make certain words sound Spanish as part of your broadcast, but it is funny when you do. I actually watched this game on BN Sports, the UK version, apparently. So I had two uh, English announcers calling the game. There you Ooh. go. That was a treat. Beautiful. And how was that? It was, it was wonderful. Actually, how did you even... No, never mind, I'm not even going to ask. Don't ask. <laughs> yep, I realized that mistake before I even... Finished my <laughs> <laughs> Just know that I watched the game live. That's all you need to know. Yep. Um, so predictions, um, I didn't fill them in, but I believe somebody predicted a loss. I can't remember. That that would be Pat. That would be me. So that means that we are all tied at one point apiece. You know, it's, it's been a brutal start for the Red Bulls and it's been a brutal start for the three of us. Indeed. I mean, bad. I mean, that's only fair, right? That we just be tank with the Red Bulls. Yep. We're joining along. (laughs) All right. Um... So I think that's it for the first segment. Unless there's anything else you guys want to talk about, do I know I, we got to move away from this game? I don't okay. think we can talk about yeah. it anymore. So, so I'm gonna drink this beer and uh, try to erase it. Yep, that, me too. Right there with you, Pat. All right. So we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna have on with us from MLSSoccer.com, Ariel Castillo. We'll be back with more Red Bull rant right after this. Welcome back to the Red Bull Rant. We want to welcome on to the show this week uh, a senior editor at MLSsoccer.com, Ariel Castillo. Ariel, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm super stoked. This is my first Red Bull podcast. Now, just a warning. After you do our show, you're going to be on every Red Bull podcast afterwards, and then you're going to become like the head of MLS. That's how it goes on this show. You get like is bigger it? and better than a, Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's what happens when you go on our show. You get even bigger. Eric Giacometti you... was first on our show. Dan Dickinson first on our show. And, and both of oh, them become seeing red co-hosts. Legends. There you go. Yes. I'm a big fan. If I can be as cool as Dan and Eric, then I'll be, like, really excited. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday was a big day. It was uh, the 20th year anniversary of the first MLS game ever played. Uh, mm-hmm. And they actually showed it on uh, MLS's website. They actually showed the game. Let me ask you, where have these 20 years gone? Well, uh, let's see. I had to finish out elementary school and high school. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I can't pretend that I was there at the very beginning because I was uh, very young. Uh, I came into the league last year after being a fan, and, I mean, so I grew up in Miami. Uh, we had the Miami Fusion, which was not, you know, there in 1996. Um, and if you told me that I would be working for this company now and that it would be a legitimate thing back when it was, you know, this team that was basically playing in a souped-up park, I mean, I, I wouldn't believe any of it. So I, I'm really proud to be part of where it is right now. It's pretty crazy. Um, let me ask you, uh, <laughs> when you look at those jerseys, and, can, and they were also the Clash back then, uh, yeah. Punk fans probably thought that was an amazing name for a team. Um, what, if you can look back at those original teams and you look at the jersey styles, what would you say was the best? And I can I say best as in worst. Well, you know you can say the Wiz because those uniforms were good God. Uh, but what was your like your favorite jersey back then and like your favorite jersey now? Well, so interesting that you mentioned the Wiz. Um, you know, Sporting Kansas City is bringing back the rainbow jersey. Uh, for one night awesome. next week. So, yeah, so we'll see some, some stripes and some rainbow action. Um, you know, <laughs> I love the fact that there's still a supporters group called the Cosba that's left over from back then. I mean, I just love that. I think the Clash jerseys back then were pretty cool, and I say historically pretty cool because I think it encapsulates a real moment for the league and for pop culture at large. Um, uh, you know, we talked about this in a story on our site yesterday, actually, a lot of San Jose's original branding and look and name came from Nike, and they were kind of aiming at this younger audience and this very American audience. So you kind of get this sense of sort of that, like, 
you know, extreme with extra X's feel that was around back then, if we remember it. <laughs> uh, and of I, course. I just, yeah, you know, extreme, drinking a surge, if anyone remembers that. And I just love the use of, like, teal and the logo with the scorpion, which doesn't even geographically make sense, I don't think. So I love it as a, you know, as an artifact. What's really interesting, though, is that I think um, the players maybe were not all into them, but it, it's really fun to look back. You know, my, my colleague, Greg Wallace, he played for the Tampa Bay Mutiny, and he came in his vintage warm-up yesterday. And my favorite thing was that the jersey sponsor on the back, or the sponsor on the back was Bandai, if you remember them. So that felt <laughs> really nostalgic as well. Well, I just want to say, I was drinking Joe Cola back in the day, not the Surge oh. nonsense. It was all about Joe Cola. Oh, my God. I, 1996, I was really into Surge, really. I mean, I remember it clearly. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, and so my favorite jersey this year, well, so obviously you guys have to say Red Bulls. I, I really like all of them. Um, you know, there was some hesitation about the new uh, Red Bull jersey that dropped this year. I like it, but I'm a fan of blue. I think the Vancouver Whitecaps uh, release this year is really visually pleasing, and I think they always do nice things. So that was one of my personal favorites. Saying your favorite color in this blue is just, in a red city, it's, it's so heartbreaking. <laughs> so heartbreaking. On a personal well, you know, level. I, I, I didn't want to say this, but actually in everyday wear, not sportswear, I tend towards black and sometimes red. So I didn't want to bring that up on a <laughs> Red Bull podcast. Red but okay, black my, not okay, but that's all right. <laughs> My yeah, my my everyday clothes and my my jersey taste are a little bit different. So speaking of jerseys and black, um, and feel free to tell me to screw off and ask me this question, but that United States kit, that's I mean, come mm. on, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the kit overall, actually, I I really actually I do like the crest. Um, I don't know what people's reticence is about it. Well, I do get it. Um. But I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't dislike the crust. I like it. Uh, I think it's kind of Art Deco and interesting, and it's, it's easy to read from far away. So I think that's a plus. I said the same thing. I don't remember if we talked about this on the show before, but I kind of like the new, the new crust. Yeah, because I'm into a very simple thing. It's very simple. It's, it's plain. It's not flashy with stars and soccer balls flying all over the place. And it's I mean, I think it, Yeah, I think in general, in overall graphic design trends that one is sort of more with a lot of logos that you're seeing now but for me i think the important thing on a design like that is that it's visually legible from far away like you want to know okay those are a bunch of usa supporters that's what they're about and i think this one reads really easily from a distance so i do like that about the new crust it's it's definitely an improvement i mean i was a centennial guy i wanted to go back i wanted them to go back to that but uh i gotta say it's definitely mm. an improvement over the old one so yeah uh, <laughs> a lot of Centennial fans out there still. So. <laughs> um, so, you, you know, you're from Miami. Uh, the Miami Beckhams look like they finally got a stadium deal going. How excited <laughs> are you for your hometown to see uh, them getting an MLS team back? I really want it to happen. I really want it to happen so badly. And, and I say this as a Miami native that I'm not surprised that it's taken this long because it really is kind of a, a banana republic down there in many ways. Um, and anything involving municipal government, it's just there's just too many people who want things. Uh, so I'm really excited. I was actually at the press conference where he announced the team uh, covering it for my old job. So I feel like this is coming full circle, and I really, really hope it works out. Um, because there's a lot of interesting sort of rivalries that could be happening across leagues within the league. I think a Miami-Orlando rivalry would be really, really good. So, do you, do you think Miami's ready to support a team? Only I only say that because baseball's not a big hit. Uh, oh. the, the Heat were popular because of you know you had Dwayne Wade and you had LeBron for a while. The Dolphins. I don't, they barely show up when they're winning. Do you, do you think the team, or do you think Florida and that Miami area is ready to embrace uh, another soccer team? Well, okay. So, actually, the Heat has had really good support because no one talks about this now because this was pre-LeBron, but, I mean, the Heat won in 2006, and that was crazy. I mean, I went to some of those games. The city was on fire. So, I think the support for the Miami Heat has always been strong. Uh, Dolphins, I don't watch gridiron football, really, so I can't comment on that. I just know that they're a team that's made people sad my entire life. Um, baseball, however, 
I think part of the problem there was that they tried to brand the Marlins as a quote-unquote Florida team and expect Miami to show up, whereas Miami, Fort Lauderdale, South Florida don't really identify with the rest of the state. And so I think that was a branding mistake. And I could go on and on. I think Marlins Park was a big mess that kind of maybe hurt Beckham's group later on. And, you know, there were some management issues with that team as well. So, unfortunately, the Marlins haven't been good, really. But um, <laughs> that's a whole other tangent. Do I think Miami can support soccer? Um, yes. That is my short answer. There's a huge appetite for soccer as a sport there already. If you go out – I mean, I was just visiting in December, and I went to watch – an Arsenal game at an Arsenal bar in downtown Miami, which is hilarious to think of, and yet it was full. So there's definitely an appetite for the game there. And I think there are a lot of people who, you know, get up and watch European games early or late, and they want to be able to support a team in real life. Well, I'll say this. In New York, we try the same thing, the same thing of like, hey, you go to all these pubs in the city, come out, come out watch the Red Bulls, you know. So hopefully, hopefully that's going to work. Well, and you know what? The Red Bull supporters are awesome. Like, I love going to Red Bull games because the atmosphere there is great. So if we, if we can even get a fraction of that in Miami, I will be very happy as an expat from there. So uh, you mentioned uh, rivalries uh, a little bit before. Um, we know yeah. Rival Week is coming up in May. Um, what, is, what rivalry is you know, MLS uh, uh, most excited about uh, coming up? Um, and do you yourself see the NYCFC rivalry overtaking the D.C. United rivalry for the Eagles. <laughs> so this is interesting. And, and uh, before we started recording, I was asking you guys about it. So my sense is that if you're, and correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of the fans who have been with uh, the Red Bulls since Metro Stars for a long time, to them, D.C. is still a thing. Um, and that rivalry is definitely there. I mean, I love going online and people refer to D.C. as just like scum. You know, and they won't even type out the name. I just, I just love, I love the banter. Um, I think New York City showing up has been interesting. From my perspective, I hear New York City fans talking about the rivalry of Red Bulls more than I hear it going the other way. So tell me about it from your perspective. What do you guys think? Well, I, I'm the old man, so uh, for me, original. Yes, original. Uh, it's. When you've sat through years and years and years of D.C. winning trophies and rubbing in your face and just epic mm -hmm. moments with Escandarian and Jaime Moreno and losing to them in the playoffs, that, that kind of hatred just, it'll never go away. Um, but when you look at last year and you look at the three games against the blue team, I mean, it's clear cut that the fans, and probably, yes, they probably are a lot of the newer fans, like, they fully embraced this, hey, there's a new team in the neighborhood and we have to be better than they are, which clearly we are. I mean, we've proven that three times last mm -hmm. year. Um, <laughs> but, you know, then you look at the, the playoff games against D.C., traveling to D.C., those fans still want to go down there and, and crush them. That, I mean, it, it's still just so on the minds of, look, we've got to go into the playoffs and beat D.C. And I think until Blue Team gets into the playoffs and plays us, it's not going to, for me, it's not going to supplant DC, but Jay and Pat might think differently. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm next in line in uh, seniority. I've uh, been around since 2010. And uh, for me, it's always been kind of like when people say, hey, we hate DC. I'm like, uh, okay. And, <laughs> you know, and, and sure, I do. I'm not thrilled with DC, but for me, it's always been, and this has been rivalry across sports, it's the people I see, like day to day, who are in my face telling me their team is better than mine. That drive me nuts, and that is NYCFC. Um, so for me personally, <laughs> I hate NYCFC more. Um, but I can certainly see Truman's point because I know when Philly came into the league, they were pinned as the next Red Bull rival, and they haven't done anything. And they've just kind of like so now they show up and we're like, oh yeah, sure, whatever. So I, I agree with Truman. If NYCFC continues to uh, not perform on the field, it could lose the, the steam that it has now. But until that happens, for sure, um, you know, for me personally, seeing people, especially in New Jersey, wearing blue jerseys drives me up the wall. <laughs> mm. Well, it's interesting. And I wonder how you guys feel about that now that D.C. is not really performing the best, at least at the start of this season. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's going to hurt the rivalry at all? And I'll tell you what. It'll never hurt it because 
it's whenever these <laughs> teams get on the field against each other, that's when all hell breaks loose. I mean, I remember right. 09 and the Red Bulls just having uh, the, the, well, the worst season ever. Worst, it's like the first or second debatable between the two of them. And uh, us winning the entire game until the final, I don't know, minute when they scored two goals and won the game. And that was just a sign of things to come. And we had a terrible season, but it's just, those are the games you think about, no matter how bad one of the teams are. It's like, no, we have to go in and destroy them. I don't care how bad they are. I, I don't care. I love it when they're miserable. Every time they lose, it's just a great day. It's a great day for me. <laughs> but that's just me. Um, well, it's interesting because the, uh, the first sort of Hudson River derby is going to be at Yankee Stadium. So how do you guys feel about that coming into their home territory? Jay, I'll let you take this one. <laughs> so first let me answer the question like two questions ago. Uh, I'm kind of in between Pat and Truman. Uh, I, I kind of believe in the classic rivalries are made, not manufactured things. So it's it, it, it'll probably happen at some point, but I just don't like the whole t- seemingly um, this narrative of, oh, well, you guys are running next to each other. You have to be rivals when we've only played three games against each other, and so far only one team has won three games. But when it comes to us going to Yankee Stadium, I think actually something that I heard on or something I saw on Twitter this week might actually fuel those fires a little bit. Apparently, um, NYCFC is cutting the allocation for supporters from like three thousand down to six hundred. Whoa! Whoa! Yeah. yeah. I don't so, know. I don't know. Yeah. When you get news like that on Twitter, it's best to sometimes double check them. But I don't yeah, know. I don't know about that. that. I think I, I want to say it was a Viking Army. Member, I don't know if he's a board member or not, but I, I, that's all I saw. I don't, I didn't get a chance to look into it. But if something like that is true, that's going to be, uh, I think that's going to be a sticking point. But that's going to make things a little bit more, he- at least in, from the fan perspective, make things a little more heated. It, it, it was also smaller last year for that one game Yankee Stadium, but since demand was so quick, they're able to get more tickets. So I think that'll be, it'll be like a see how they sell. Uh, it could be. So someone said uh, it was probably about one of the tit for tat things, considering that we. Reduced their ticket allocation for the second game last year, although that kind of ignores the whole point that NYCFC fans violated rules constantly and got banned by MLS for certain things too. But uh, mm. we'll uh, okay, we'll, <laughs> we're getting into dicey territory. So I'm not asking about that. I'm just saying that that's that was what was reported that the, um, that the NYCFC fans got some sanctions by MLS. We're not going far, I'm not going farther than that. Don't worry. We're good. <laughs> I, I actually, yeah, I actually don't recall that at all. But I will say before anyone gets upset about uh, tickets or whatever, to double check everything, and we'll, we can revisit this again closer to um, May twenty second, which is when that game is. Cool. Yeah. I, I uh, do May like 21st. going. To I'm the... sorry, May May twenty first. Okay. Time, sorry. <laughs> I'll yeah. say I, I do like going into their building first because it'll set a tone, and they get the two home games this year. So mm-hmm. it's not like last year where. The Red Bulls had the one comeback uh, win away and won both games at home where the Red Bulls were killing it last year at home. So I like that. You go in and set the tone in their building. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out. Um, but looking ahead this weekend, what are you guys thinking about this game against Sporting Kansas City? Uh, better. <laughs> uh, we've had a uh, – <laughs> haven't lost to Sporting in – I think it's eight games, something like that. Uh, it's been a while, I think, at home. So, I mean, we're going to talk about it in our third segment, but I think this it's not a must win, but it's a better win. I'll say that. You better win. Fans <laughs> will, will get anxious. Why is it not a must? Because the season is so long, and we've seen teams... I mean, we've seen the LA Galaxy have these absolutely god-awful starts of the season and then still make the playoffs in second place, so... It's not a panic time. Uh, there's still a lot of injuries with the team. So until you get the team back to full, I, I mean, you still have Verone banged up. Uh, Paranel is still out, and is going to be out for a while. I uh, know. I, I miss him as a fan. I just wish he would like get better and come back. It's really uh, heartbreaking to me. And we're seeing how much the team misses him right now. It's it's yeah. really obvious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, it's it's really hard to worry about this the first four, five, six weeks. Uh, when you start getting to the summertime, that's when it's starting to panic when the team's sliding. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a, a tough beginning of the season for a lot of teams, but I think things are looking up for the Red Bulls a lot. And, uh, I mean, you know, SKC just lost to Real Salt Lake, so you just never know what's going to happen, especially the beginning of this MLS season has been 
crazy, just crazy, absolutely crazy. So that's the, very, that's, <laughs> very MLSC. Yeah, that's the good thing about parody. That's that's why I like our American League. There's always a chance. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, reg- yeah. Regardless of of structure, I think um, the games have been really exciting so far, uh, and you never know what's going to happen. So I'm looking forward to Saturday myself. I think there was even a, there was a video was it posted today or yesterday and it was talking about like the craziness um, of the start of the season with free kick goals and goals scored. It's been like ninety yeah goals scored yeah. already. So actually, I think you might be talking about a video I made about uh, free kicks, and I think we have the highest percentage of yeah free uh, free kick conversions to actual goals. And Mauro Diaz right now has like the highest number from FC Dallas. Um, so it's been pretty crazy with the free kicks. Yeah, the percentage is something insane. I could pull it up, but yeah, it's it's much higher than any other season, relatively up to this point, anyway. Uh, so before we let you go, um, you know, just out of curiosity, uh, who is who is your biggest early season surprise in MLS aside from the Red Bull swoon uh, of teams performing this season? I'm sorry. Aside from the Red Bulls, sorry, you uh, aside from the Red Bulls uh, swoon. Who's the biggest uh, surprise, the early season surprise in MLS for you guys that are in the MLS offices? Um, hmm. So I think, again, I'll bring up Mauro Diaz again from FC Dallas. That's not a surprise. I think he's always been promising. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited to see what they I, – I have to say, in the Western Conference, I think they're going to be dangerous for you guys. Um and, you know, down the line, should things come to that. So I'm really interested to see where he goes and sort of what they can pull together with their squad as the season goes along. I guess it's not a huge surprise. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm always watching Orlando City <laughs> as, as the closest thing I have to a hometown um, team. Again, not too much of a surprise because I think they do have some depth, even without Kaka, but um, I'm always, like, kind of happy to see them succeed because they're one of the newer teams, obviously. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to wrap this mm-hmm. up, but I need to ask you okay. one final question. And this question has it's been going on in my head and uh, other people's heads for about 20-something years. And I'm hoping okay. I can get someone on my side. And I'm not going to tell <laughs> what my side is until you answer this, but I need to know. All right. What is the better Less Than Jake album? Is it? Losing streak or Hello Rock View? Oh no, for me it's losing streak, uh, hands oh, down, just because that <laughs> was that the wrong answer? I mean, that's the right answer to me, and I have to yeah, tell why. And it's because that that is the first one that I really like connected with, and I remember seeing them at this tiny club when I was like 13 years old. Uh, wait, did my mom know? My mom knew, so that's fine. We can talk about this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm trying to think if that was something I'd want to go to. Um, so that for me was like really uh, like kind of definitive for my teen years. So I'm going to go with that. Is that the wrong answer? Hello, Rock You is the best album beginning to end. The production quality is amazing. The songs tell like one long story. I, I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong here. Don't worry. You're with everybody else. I'm the only one defending this album. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that like there are those things that you emotionally like uh, like you just emotionally attach and you know even maybe intellectually sometimes that they're not like as good. Like I always laugh when people do the take a all chant, right? Because I listened to a lot of like Huxbar also, that band when I was a teenager. And if I listen now, I'm like, oh my God, intellectually I know this is really not that good music, but I still love it. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to stick with my vote on Lesson Jake. <laughs> fine, fine. Yeah. I get I'm it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Does one of them have we the can... science of selling yourself short? I like that song. <laughs> and that's the only one yeah, I can name. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> are they playing at Punk Rock Bowling, the one in Asbury Park? They are not. I mean, Cox Bar is, so. Right. So I, I will be there. I will be awesome. there. And, and I will definitely we can discuss be there. it then. Yeah. Yes. We'll definitely argue over this, I think, so. <laughs> For sure. Okay. All right. All right, so uh, Ariel, no, sorry. Uh, thank you for taking time out to talk to us. Um, where can people uh, find you and your writing, uh, everything else that you do online? Yeah, so I mean, obviously you can find me on mlssoccer.com. You can just type in my name. It's Ariel, A-R-I-E-L-L-E, Castillo, C-A-S-T-I-L-L-O. Or you can find me on Twitter, 
and Instagram at A-R-I-E-L-L-E-C. And on Snapchat, I'm Arielle Meow. Arielle yeah. was taken at that point, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, Ariel, thank you once again for coming on. Uh, we'll be back with more Red Bull Rant right after this. Welcome back to Red Bull Rant. Uh, once again, I want to thank uh, Ariel for coming on the show. You can read her stuff at MLSsoccer.com. Uh, before we get into not one, but two previews, because it's the first double match week of the year for the Red Bulls. I know. Don't worry. It gets better from here, folks. Um, we have a second voicemail to go sure. on with our double game week. Look at that. Yeah. Second of the show. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We, we recorded another segment earlier. There was a, a voicemail. I was thinking third, third from this person. Oh, well, that's right. Third from this person, too. Yeah. Back for the third consecutive week is Thomas yes! Bayonne. Yes! And this time, he's got some fantasy GM work for all of us. Hey, guys, it's Tommy from Bayonne again. Uh, I just got off my shift from, from the um, pizza place in town, and, and I was hoping I'd catch you. Uh, I know it take a few days this week to give you a call, but... Um, Anyway, I just had a really a proposal, really a trade proposal. The, the Red Bulls aren't scoring. Um, I thought of a really good trade, and I want to hear what you guys think about it. I, I think it works for two reasons. I think we should get that uh, the short guy from Toronto, uh, uh, Giovinco's or something like that. Is it? He scores goals, but he's short. So how about like we get like um, someone? Like, we give him like Carl Wimet would be perfect. Like give him Carl Wimet because he's two reasons. He's tall. You're giving him height, they get the height advantage, and he's from Canada, so he'd be he's able to go home. So I think we met for Giovinco straight up would be a phenomenal trade for us and for them, honestly. Uh, so let's hear your thoughts on that. Thanks, guys. I think it's a win-win for everybody, but I'm curious think, what you guys think. I think it's trade of the century. I think it's absolutely the way to go. I mean, you know, all our marketing issues in New York City, I think getting an Italian star in here with getting all the – this heavy Italian population in the New York metro area. I think that's it. I think that's how you solve the marketing problem. You get Giovinco, and uh, it's huge. Toronto just likes to stockpile Canadians, so um, I'm definitely all for it. Let's make it happen. And, and we have that extra uh, designated player slot, right? We just yeah. sit there doing nothing. Yeah, we should actually tweet out to Ollie Curtis what he thinks about Tommy's uh, trade opinion. You know, we'll get, we'll get them in touch with each other. Let's do it. So here's a question: If if that trade happens to get pulled off, which which is the bigger shocker? Javinko for Wemet or Felipe for Oyango and Alexander. And reminder that Oyango had the contract issues right after he got traded. Well, that was just more genius trading by the Red Bulls. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> uh, apparently Oyango played for us illegally or something. I don't know. but uh... Supposedly. <laughs> well, the good news about this trade is that if it happened, uh, clearly half of the TFC fans would burn down the brand-new BMO field, the sure. brand-new renovated BMO field. They'd burn it to the ground. So that would be also be fun to watch. The other side of it, though, is that half our fan base would have heart attacks and die. So it could go both ways. Shock. Shock of the trade. Or, or flip side, Javinko babies. Ooh. Oh, man. Thousands of Javinko babies. All of a sudden, in New York metro area, had all these kids named Javinko. I don't get it. But, yeah, it's true. It'd be way better than that stupid Super Bowl, commercial, Super Bowl baby commercial. Yeah. Or rock babies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rock babies. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I got to say, yet again, Tommy with another fantastic call. And, Tommy, say hello to your mother for me. How do your mother for me? <laughs> All right. So we have two games to preview this week. Uh, first, coming up on Saturday, April 9th at 7 p.m., the Red Bulls will play host to Sporting Kansas City, a.k.a. the former Kansas City Wiz. Yeah, the Wiz, the sports. The Wiz. I'm the Wiz. <laughs> I'm the Wiz. So that game will be on MSG2, uh, for those of you in the area. Uh, predictions, Pat, what do you think will happen on Saturday? I hate to be pes the pessimistic one, because I don't think in the entire four years we've been doing this show, I've been the most pessimistic one. Who predicted but, a loss last week when nobody else did? Yeah, it's true, but like I'm saying, this <laughs> season, this season I'm finally pessimistic. 
Um, you know, again, I, I think the team will come out of their funk at some point. I don't think it's yet. Uh, I am unfortunately predicting another loss. Whoa! Uh, I am. I mean, Sporting Kansas City is one of the better teams in the league right now. The Red Bulls, unfortunately, are on the ropes. Uh, you know, they need a crap team to play and soon to try and get back on track. I mean, granted, you could argue that was New England. I mean, we're going to have no Felipe. We're going to have no Zubar. We're going to have no Perinel, no Ba, like no Verone. I mean, it's just, it's unfortunate. We're going up against a good attacking team. Um, you know, you can only hope that the Red Bull crowd shows up on Saturday night. I mean, if I recall, like the subclub prices, that's probably not going to happen. Um, you know, so unfortunately, I am going to have to predict another loss. And I, I, I just, the goal scoring funk has me thinking they're going to get shut out again. Uh, so I'm going to go uh, one nothing win for Sporting Kansas City. And as like last week, I hope I'm wrong. I think last week's game will hopefully be a good motivator to piss this team off. Yeah. Because they knew they had every chance in the world to win it. You see Felipe get senselessly sent off with that stupid red card. They can't keep losing. They have, you know, they just, what, what I say, it's a, it's a must win. It's not an absolute, you know, they, they have to uh, because the season is long. But come on, man. They, this is the game that they actually have to get their acting gear to win because then they got to play Wednesday all the way in California. I think I think they'll win. I think they'll win two to one. Um, they got to do something. I don't know if BWP gets on the scoring sheet again, but Pat, I think you're right. I think it's going to be a lowly attended game again. It's not going to be the greatest weekend to be outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, the New York think, Metropolitans are playing at home. I think uh, Giacometti said snow is in the forecast. Okay, so no matter what, you're going to probably have lousy weather, snow, rain, whatever the hell is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I. I I'm I'm trying to stay positive for this one game, and I think the I think they'll win. I think they're going to win two one. Uh, I think I'm going to agree with Pat on this one. Uh, our defense, while they performed well against New England, it was New England who has had trouble scoring, and it took New England having a player injured with like a 15 yard onside gap to <laughs> to score a goal. So, uh. I, I maybe like two one loss. Uh, hopefully, Ray Phillips gets his goal and starts some, you know, getting his groove in. But I, I just don't see the Red Bulls able to pull out a victory, uh, and it's gonna be disappointing because they really kind of need one. But uh, you know, it's just the way things are. You're not starting off the season great. You don't have momentum on your side. Um, you couldn't take a win a. a very exciting 4-3 win, and granted you had an international week, but you couldn't take a very exciting 4-3 win over a team that scored six goals and then do nothing with it against New England. So, I just have a bad feeling about Saturday. Oof. Yeah, so, uh, then on Wednesday, the Red Bulls will travel out to the West West Coast to take on the San Jose Earthquakes in their only matchup of 2016. That game will be on Wednesday... April 13th at the ungodly hour, 10.30 p.m., because why the hell wouldn't you schedule an Eastern Conference team for a Wednesday night game in the Western Conference? Of course. Um, that game will be on MSG, and uh, Truman, we'll start with you this time. What do you think is going to happen on Wednesday? Well, I hate to make a prediction, which I could probably change before the game happens, because we don't know who's going to be healthy and who's not. But there's no reason for me to believe that they'll win a game on a Wednesday traveling all the way to California. This just doesn't happen. Uh, I'm going to go with a boring nil-nil draw because I am really trying hard, guys. I'm trying to hang in there. This team is a it, it's a good team. Uh, just having really, really uh, bad luck, bad luck with injuries and calls. Uh, I'm going to really hope they somehow escape with a draw, with a scoreless draw. Uh, maybe I'll change that before the game happens depending on who's in, but I don't know. I'm trying to hang tough. Yeah, I mean, my pessimism continues. Uh, I'm going to go with a 2 nothing loss on the road in San Jose. Um, you know, it, it's San Jose, despite being in seventh place in the in the West, um, you know, they do have seven points on the season. They are playing fairly well in a very difficult Western division. So, uh, unfortunately, yeah, I'm going to have to say 2 nothing loss to the Red Bulls. Um, yes, I am predicting that the Red Bulls get shut out this week, unfortunately. Um, you know, I think this is a team that until everybody gets healthy, 
Uh, you know, if we're lucky, someone will be healthy by Wednesday. But until this team get, uh, gets healthy, I, I just I, I'm going to be very pessimistic for a while. Did you say two one or two nothing? I said two nothing. Okay, sorry. I thought you said two one for some reason. Um, so again, I I'm on the the losing side of things for the Red Bulls. Uh, just playing on Saturday and having to go out to the West Coast is just not a good thing. I don't remember if San Jose is playing at home this week. Um, yeah, uh, but I look it up not, right now. They're playing in Dallas. Okay. But that is also one time zone closer, so they and they're going to be home afterwards. So them for them it's a little bit easier. Um, I'm thinking maybe it's time for some squad rotation, depending on how Saturday goes. Uh, if BWP still hasn't scored, maybe a Bond goes in. Sean Davis uh, will probably not go in because Felipe will be back. But uh, maybe Anatole Bond for somebody. I I don't know. Just I feel like things are going to need to change. Um, and even though things change, I don't think Wednesday is going to be any better. Uh, I'm going to say one nothing loss in San Jose because I don't think San Jose is going to blow us out of the water. But I don't think we're going to really impress this week either. So, great for pessimism. Pessimism, yay! We need the optimist. The optimist is another show. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, let's let's move off of the games and talk about other stuff. Uh, dumping ground. Time for anything that we want to talk about in the world of soccer. Uh, so, who has something to talk about? Uh, nothing really exciting going on. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, besides Liverpool's awesome one-one uh, draw, uh, that's about the excitement I've had uh, for this week. Uh, I like seeing Real Madrid lose two nothing to Werder Bremen, and you know why? Because I like saying Werder Bremen. Yeah. Uh, we also just just uh, figured out that the um, the uh, goalkeeper for uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach looks like a Bond villain. So I don't know his name, but he's tall and intimidating. So I'm pretty sure Bond has fought him before. It's some kind of crazy volcano base. It sounds, sounds likely. Yeah, uh, I got a few things dumping around. Uh, first, there was a qu- uh, discussion on the New York Red Bulls uh, discussion group on Facebook where somebody said the Cosmos are having Star Wars night, NYCSA are pushing Batman t- NYC t-shirt nights, it's time for RBNY to step up, and... Uh, all the likes are going to people who took this seriously. That's a shame. <laughs> there is no reason to take this seriously. And uh, I suggested Care Bears Night. I clearly have the best answer on this thread. So I should get more than four likes. I'm just saying. You know, I don't normally pander, but damn it, I'm pandering right now. So there's, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with that. Uh, how about how about um, we win trophies that actually take a season to win night? There you go. Works for me. I'm good. That works for me. Uh, <laughs> I guess the other dumping ground would be I have Xbox One now and I have FIFA 16 and uh, if you want to play me if I'm ever on my name is Ghostbusting Mofo so <laughs> you can find me I haven't had the game in a while I haven't played a new game in a while so uh, I'm probably bad so you'll probably get a free win out of it if you do decide to play me And uh, I think I think you and I need to yeah. renew our little rivalry that you always beat me in <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, right now you're beating me in the skill challenges, so... Well, it's because I would just do nothing but the skill challenges, because eventually I just got bored of playing single-player games. Yeah, all right. Well, there you go. So, uh... And then, and I, uh... And honestly, I haven't picked it up since I got Fallout 4, so... That's, uh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, finally, I guess, uh... What's it called? Uh, completely non-soccer-related. Star Wars uh, Rogue One tra- trailer came out today. So. Yeah, that looks pretty cool. And it looked pretty great. It looked pretty dark for a Star Wars movie, and I'm pretty excited. So I should uh, probably go check that out. Yeah, let's go. Star-, Star Wars Rogue One. You know, uh, I'm counting down the days to December again, which is awesome. So let's not count down days to winter. Can we? Can we not do that, people? Well, I've already. I let's mean, put the, aside. the team is so bad that I'm just kind of like, ah, I'm done. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> ouch. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, how about uh, how about Abby Wambach saying she did cocaine? That was a bit of a surprise. Uh, do we have the uh, do we have the Pam Archer drop? Cocaine? <laughs> no, I don't. Ah, shame. Yeah, that's um. <laughs> that is uh, that's quite a shocker there. The uh, cocaine thing. Um, I don't really know how to react about that. I mean, I, I and I'm kind of like on the fence about Josie Altidore and Alejandro Bedoya's comments on it, too. Because I'm, I can't... I'm, I'm, let, me, let me say this. They sh- one, should not have made those comments, and two, people should not have overreacted the way they did. 
Everybody, everybody in that situation, in my eyes, seems to have lost the idea of what being a human being is about. Sometimes, and it's like it's kind of like where I get the point. Like you know, it's kind of like ooh, but like I get why because of comments she's made in the past. Um, you know, it, it's just. But at least the comments she's made have not necessarily been personal attacks. Yeah, they've been more, yeah. They've been more about like the actual soccer team. Yeah, exactly, and so it's, it was important. Not excusing taste. it, but just it was one hundred percent. It was one hundred percent in poor taste, and uh, but yeah, that 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 was um, certainly quite the revelation. That after she got arrested for DBI, she's like, "Yeah, I smoked weed and did some coke. What? Like, you know, like <laughs> whatever. Yeah, <laughs> let's party. Yeah, Fine. that's that's party. So, yeah, that was a. Uh, but you know what? For what it's worth, I'm sure she's not the only soccer player who's done either one. So, uh, pretty, pretty sure on that pretty one. Sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm not going out on the limb and saying that some of Josie Altidore and uh, – actually, I know for a fact some of Josie Altidore and uh, Alejandro Bedoya's teammates have done uh, the wacky tobacco. I don't know about cocaine, but I'm sure someone has. All right, uh, anything else? Uh, nope. That's enough drug talk, I think. That was fun. I, now, now I kind of wish I had the drop for that. <laughs> or, just, or just like any Pam drop from that season, because that those like any moment of hers in that season of, of what was it, Archer Vice? Right? Yeah, yeah, like, it was those Archer were all Vice, like yeah. those were like really good drops. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Anyway, um, if that's it, we have one last thing: Truman's terrible team of the week. Well, I'd like to pick on a team, but I'm going to pick on the team of officials this week. Because they have been, it was been bad, bad, bad. Uh, not only did we see our game, but in the TFC game, uh, one of their players was issued pretty much a senseless red card in about the 12th minute, which cost them a result. And I say that not having watched the game originally, but my friend ranting and raving and being extremely angry about that call because he's the big TFC fan, and he was none too pleased about it. Uh, he was really mad. He was bitching about the game. I said, what are you bitching about? It's, it, there's no score. He goes, well, 12th minute red card had me going. I'm like, oh, uh, fine. That's yeah, fair that's enough. Please go crazy. Have, that's all you have to say. Yep, and they ended up, you know, they lost that game, and then he completely lost his mind. So it's been a bad week for officiating all around. I know those aren't the only two games where there are some bad calls made. So uh, much as I like to pick on our teams that we hate. Everyone hates the officials, so that's something we can all join in on. Yep. All right, so is that it? Nothing else to talk about? Uh, WrestleMania was underwhelming despite decent matches, I will say that. Good matches, dumb results. That is my WrestleMania wrap-up. It, w- it was honestly a very good show. Well, pre-show was sucks. I didn't watch that. It was actually a very good show up until the whole, the cooler match and then all the shit after that. You had a 46 ma- 46-year-old man jump off a cage into a table. Yeah. yeah, that was something. But I, I would like to thank my friend Chris for allowing Pat and I and a bunch of other idiots to go into his uh, warehouse where he makes shirts. Uh, that's xlvacx.com if you need your shirts made. So there you go. I just promoted him. Boom. Oh. Uh, Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. He makes amazing T-shirts, hoodies, hats, you name it. So, yeah, thank you, Chris, for allowing us to come into your place and uh, be annoying and watch wrestling on a projected screen. So yeah, That was definitely a lot of fun, for sure. Yeah. Good times. All right. So let's wrap this one up. Uh, you can visit us at oncemetro.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen rant. You can help us by supporting the show. Go to patreon.com slash redbullrant. You can email us during the week at redbullrant at gmail.com. If you want to call us like Tommy and the mysterious complainer about the referee did, because <laughs> I don't remember him putting a name on his email. Um, he did not. <laughs> call us at 973-348-5329. Facebook.com slash Red Bull Rant on Twitter at Red Bull Rant for the show at Dr. Stooge for myself at PMAC D82 for Pat and at the Truman for Truman. Subscribe to us via iTunes, uh, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud.com slash Red hyphen Bull hyphen Rant. Last words before we get out of here. Oh, for the love of God, can you please just, just, just win on Saturday? Please. Just win. Yeah, I want to be happy again. Please, just win. Please. I want to learn how to love. I want to learn. All right, so for Pat Truman and myself, this has been episode number 178 of the Red Bull Rant. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, go Red Bulls. Peace out. Late.